This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportstalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, we continue with Sports Talk here on on this Wednesday night as we roll through another week here in, uh, well, last day of November, getting ready to roll into December. And we're still sort of uh, getting over the weekend. South Carolina's win over Clemson and the fallout from that uh, both ways for the Gamecocks on the positive side, for the Tigers on the negative side. But the Tigers can wipe some of that away if they can beat North Carolina. Kind of time to shift our attention to Clemson and North Carolina in the ACC championship game. But I got to tell you, Chris Bergen joining us from the HTC Center in Conway because he's got basketball tonight with Coastal Carolina. And Pat Daniel here with me at the Dave and Buster Studios in Columbia. I got to tell you, um, not exciting championship games around here when you look at the SEC and the ACC. Like, maybe these things are kind of, I don't want to say they're running their course. They'll never do away with them because they're big money makers. But, mm-hmm. I mean, is there much buzz coming out of Atlanta for that game? Is there much buzz coming out of Charlotte for that game? You know, it's interesting, especially the SEC championship game. Had LSU beaten Texas A&M last week, would your mindset be different about them facing Georgia than it is today? I still think Georgia wins that game running away, and I would have said the same thing going into last week. I don't know that the SEC matchup was going to be improved based off maybe our perception of LSU. And from the ACC's championship game perspective, they couldn't have asked for a worse scenario, both losing to their arch rivals on a, basically on a field goal and now have to limp in to face a championship game that that both teams obviously want to win, but I'm curious as to how the fan bases might respond. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think both games are sellouts. Let's see how many people actually show up and Mm -hmm. uh, and, and support their teams. I mean, rarely do you have a championship game like this where three of the four participants are coming off losses. Yeah. A&M, Clemson, North Carolina. I mean, they're usually – they're usually uh, coming in you know, off of wins and, and flying high, and the, the fan bases are excited, but, but not so much. Maybe this is just kind of a one-off kind of year, just kind of one of those weird years. Uh, got a great show lined up for you tonight. Chris is with us for a half hour before he's got Coastal Basketball, Coastal and UNCW tonight, South Carolina playing tonight. Up at George Washington, we'll talk more about that. Clemson got a great win last night over Penn State. You know, this Clemson basketball team, I know nobody cares, but they might be kind of sneaking up on you here a little bit. They've only, you know, there are two losses. They lost at the at the buzzer against the Gamecocks, and they lost by four in overtime to a top-10 Iowa team. Mm-hmm. And then they beat a pretty good Penn State team at home in double overtime last night. Now they play their ACC opener. Can you believe that? Play their no. ACC opener on Friday at home against Wake Forest. Now, I mean, poor Brad Brownell. It's bad enough that he deals with a, a sport that, uh, you know, Harley raises eyebrows at Clemson. And now, you know, you're having to deal with the hangover from the football team getting beat by South Carolina. And now you got to play your ACC opener on a Friday 
the day before your football team is playing for the ACC football championship. That's not a very positive hand that's been dealt him. You know, it's funny, too. I think maybe the best thing that's happened to Clemson basketball, they'll never admit this, was the loss to South Carolina. I think they've refocused. They've gotten P.J. Hall healthy, which I've said that first thing tongue-in-cheek, but having P.J. Hall healthy, and he was huge last night. Games should have never gone to overtime. Clemson should have found a way to be able to finish that in regulation. But nonetheless, that is a big win for them against the uh, quality Penn State team. And they're actually favored, if I'm not mistaken, Phil, on Friday to take on Wake Forest in a game, as you pointed out, if, a, uh, if Clemson plays basketball on a Friday night and no one's there to see it, that it actually occurred. Yeah. <laughs> that, that may be the same thing if a tree falls in the woods and no one around to hear it did, it did it make a sound you know, it's a shame because tiger fans ought to get behind this basketball team they've got a chance to be pretty good tigers are going to play three acc games before the turn of the year and i guess that's pretty much the case around the league yeah. they have to get in because they're playing more league games i guess they got to work them in in you know late november december but they're gonna play wake forest at home tomorrow night uh then they're going to play down the road december 21st at georgia tech and then uh, December 30th, a home game to uh, against NC State. So three league games will be done for them before they even flip the calendar over. Uh, you've got Wilmington tonight. What kind of matchup is this for Coastal? Chris, you got Wilmington tonight. What kind of matchup is this for uh, the Shana Clears? This ought to be a really interesting matchup tonight, Phil. This is a Wilmington team coming back from the Bahamas that won the Bahamar Championship down in Nassau this past week. Now, sort of the uh, mid-major version of the one most people watch, the uh, what's the other one, the Bahamas Classic or whatever down there that most of the Power 5 programs go to see. But uh, they, they've got a, a very good team. They, they took North Carolina in their season opener, lost by 13, I think it was and held the Tar Heels under 70 points, and you know how offensive-minded North Carolina is, so that's no small task. This is a uh, Wilmington squad that's holding opponents under 70 points of ball game, so it will be a, a really, really good, I think, basketball game. Coastal coming off a win on Saturday over uh, South Dakota, and here's the underlying story, and I think this is kind of neat. Should Coastal win tonight, it would be Cliff Ellis's 899th career victory. He would go for career win number 900 against probably Coastal's and arguably their most fierce rival in Winthrop on the road Saturday. Ooh, wow. Good luck, Cliff. 900 wins. He's he's getting up there in Krzyzewski territory. I know yes, he, he would is. love to. He might keep on coaching till. well, it would take him to get to 1,000 wins. It would take a good while. I mean, he's already, I think Cliff is like 70, 75, 76. Mm -hmm. Unless yeah. he wants to coach into his mid-80s, but he looks good. He keeps himself in shape. Loves life living there on Merle's Inlet in Garden City. So, Can you blame him? No, can't really blame him. <laughs> Should mention, of course, um, last night, USC women. I got over there to catch the second half of their game with Penn, uh, with uh, UCLA. Uh, two top 15 teams. And uh, I just wanted to see a UCLA team in person. I didn't care if it was women's basketball, men's basketball, volleyball, soccer. I just think it's kind of neat to see a team from UCLA in uh, Columbia. And uh, the Gamecocks uh, had to rally. They trailed much of that game. Uh, finally um, uh, pulled, at, pulled it out in the, second, in the second half in the fourth quarter. Hit a bunch of free throws in the fourth quarter. I think it was like, I want to say like 13, 14 points on free throws in the fourth quarter. There was a critical moment there where a Gamecock got fouled. There was a technical on a UCLA player, so the Gamecocks hit four field uh, four free throws. It took their lead from four points to eight points, and they cruised on from there. 
uh, and, and and they remain undefeated. And the UCLA's got a got a nice team as well. I'm sure they'll be an NCAA tournament team. Oh, yeah. And Aaliyah Boston was able to play. She was a game time decision. She looked good in warm ups, according to Dawn Staley. And they played her, and she had another double double. Uh, the Gamecocks did not shoot it well at all. They only made one three pointer, but they did outscore. Now, UCLA in the paint, though they didn't kill them on the boards, they did score pretty regularly in the paint, uh, as they as they tend to do. Uh, Cardosa, off the bench, had a really big game for them last night. I mean, she was, she really was the key uh, coming in, and with with uh, you know Boston not at a hundred percent. Camilla Cardosa in 20, 25 minutes, she hit eight of eleven. She had 16 points. She had nine rebounds. She had five blocks. So that's filling up the stat sheet right there. She's a huge addition to that team, big transfer for them. And you sort of couple her with Aaliyah Boston, who had four block shots last night as a team. South Carolina, because of its length and size, they are never going to be out of a basketball game because they still, as much as we want to watch offensive-minded basketball, they still pride themselves on the defensive end of the floor. They blocked 15 shots last night. And you're right, they, they didn't shoot it all that well. But I, I didn't think UCLA would be able to continue to shoot it as well as they did to start the ball game. Phil, they were over 50% in the first quarter, and as they started to cool off and Zaya Cook started to uh, maybe become a little more aggressive on the offensive end, things started to shift, and I think it ended up being kind of what we expected last night. A relative, I say relatively easy from the standpoint of the score, but certainly another solid win for USC, who never, ever, it appears, loses to ranked teams anymore. And the uh, Gamecock men, they play 9 o'clock tonight on uh, CBS Sports Network at George Washington in the Charles E. Smith Center. 5,000 seats there. Gamecocks are the first Power 5 team to play George Washington at home in a in a good while. I think uh, like 2017 was the last time they had a Power 5 team coming to their gym. Um, these two teams used to play a lot. They've played 46 times in history. Um, but remember, GW at one time was part of the Southern Conference when South Carolina was. So uh, they have a little bit of a history going way back into the last century, I guess we could say. Uh, GW is 4-1 and one at home, 4-2 and two overall. Guy you have to know about is a 6-2 guard by the name of James Bishop IV. He's out of Baltimore. He scored over 1,000 points in his career. Uh, he's averaging over 21 points per game. This is a team that shoots it well, Chris. They shoot it well from the floor. They shoot it well from three. They shoot it well from the line. Uh, and they play pretty good defense uh, based on their numbers. So uh, this is a game, um, you know, South Carolina is going to probably have to play some, well, not probably, I mean, you got to play some good basketball oh, yeah, no and doubt. shoot the ball well to go up there and get a W. And not turn it over. And that's been an issue for them, and they've got to find a way when they get an opportunity, especially against the George Washington team, Phil, as you pointed out, shoots their free throw pretty well. Gamecocks have to make theirs as well. So uh, they, they're going to have to play very, very well tonight against George Washington. This is probably one, I don't know when it was scheduled because Georgetown's on the back end of this mm -hmm. over the weekend. Uh, this may have been a Frank Martin setup, and, and Frank may have felt better about it. Oop, we just lost. They just pulled the plug on Mr. Bergen. I mean, they just flat out said, poop, you're out of here. Maybe he'll reconnect with us here before uh, he has to go do his play-by-play. -play. But you're right, as he was saying, uh, it was something that was set up under the previous uh, under the previous coaching staff because these teams have played in Columbia, so South Carolina is paying them a return visit. But GW is averaging 
77 points per game, Chris, so they can score, yeah. and they're giving up 68 and a half. But um, I'm also impressed by the fact that um, they are only allowing teams to shoot 40% against them from the floor. So they, they play their field goal percentage. Their overall field goal percentage is almost 50%. So Ooh. they can fill it up. Yeah, that, that's indicate indicative rather of getting some high quality shots so south carolina is going to have to make sure if and when you have a team that shoots over 50 percent they normally pound it inside because they get those high percentage shots gg jackson josh gray and those guys along that front line they're going to have to stay out of foul trouble first off you don't want to put these guys on line and secondly carolina needs them on the floor and gw actually leads the all-time series with the gamecocks by a score of nine to eight but the gamecocks have won the last two all right coming up on the show tonight we will have another edition of Chalk Talk for you with uh, Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. That'll be coming up at 635. Mike Morgan on the move. You know he's busy this time of year with football and basketball. He'll join us at 705. And David Shelton, a visit from David Shelton at 720 as we talk about the high school football championships, which begin tomorrow night over at Benedict College. And we'll be broadcasting Sports Talk from Benedict, from the Press Box, uh, tomorrow and on uh, Friday, along with the high school state championship games. And uh, Clay Hendricks, coach of the Furman Paladins, moving on to play Immaculate Word in Texas on Saturday, round two of the FCS playoffs. All that coming up here on Sports Talk. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education, inventive, next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seacattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax. Win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA.
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk here with Major Billy Downer the Department of Natural Resources. What words of wisdom do you have for those hitting the water this summer? Phil, collisions can be prevented easily if every vessel operator fulfills three major responsibilities. One, practice good seamanship. It's the responsibility of every boat or PwC operator to take all necessary action to avoid a collision. Two, keep a proper lookout. Failing to keep a sharp lookout is the most common cause of boating collisions. And finally, maintain a safe speed. Remember, boat safe, boat smart. Want to join us? Phone number 888 898 South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $160 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund SC Hope Scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. In fact, I retweeted a tweet from the lottery today about a gentleman who won from Aiken. And he won, was it $100,000? $10,000? He won something. And, you know, congratulations to him. And you can be a winner. And you can be a winner by simply playing the lottery. You're not going to win if you don't play the lottery. I can promise you that. But if you play the lottery, you do have a chance. You have a better chance if you play the lottery now, I'm no mathematician, but you have a better chance, I would say, if you played the lottery, of winning the lottery, than you, the typical sports talk listener, has a chance of getting a date with a supermodel. <laughs> I'm talking about the typical, you know, who's a typical yeah. sports talk listener? Tiger Bryan, uh, Gamecock I think Larry. Tiger Bryan might throw in some of that charm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, play the lottery. You never know. You're. you're lucky day might be that day we come to you from the dave and buster studio we recommend dave and busters for your eating your drinking your playing and catching all the big games all season long dave and busters in greenville columbia myrtle beach i've uh, got to catch up on a couple of things and you've got some things to talk about too related to uh, coastal but first of all we uh, do have a new head football coach at uh, charleston Southern, and it's somebody very familiar with the program. In fact, he was an assistant coach there back in the day under Jamie Chadwell. And uh, the uh, the Buccaneers have decided to uh, hire Gabe DiGardina to uh, Gabe – let me say it again. Gabe Giardina. Is it Giardina? Let me double-check that. Gardina. There we go. Gabe Gardenia as their new head football coach. And uh, like I said, he coached under Jamie Chadwell when he was there previously. Obviously, they did a, a really good job. He comes to the Buccaneers after spending the last five seasons as the head coach at Albany State. 
and he was 37 and 17 there, including 26 and 5 in the SIAC. So he did a really good job there. So he's headed to Charleston Southern. So press conference on Friday to introduce him as a new coach there. And from the ACC, individual awards uh, being announced uh, this afternoon. And North Carolina uh, garnering some of those awards. You've got Drake May, the freshman quarterback at North Carolina, was named the player of the year. He received 46 of the votes. He ran away with it. Israel Abedekanda, Abedekanda from Pittsburgh, Israel Abedekanda, the running back. He was second in the voting. Then Zay Flowers, Jordan Travis, Sam Hartman, and another player from Pittsburgh, uh, Kalijah Kansi. No Clemson players for player of the year. Offensive player of the year is Drake May. And uh, no Clemson player got a vote for offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year is Kansi from Pittsburgh. And Tyler Davis got a vote. And Miles Murphy got a vote. So those wow, are your... No Jeremiah Trotter? No That's Jeremiah nice. Trotter, no. Trent Simpson? No, wow. no, no, no. So those are the uh, individual award winners there in the ACC. Uh, May was also named the league's rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year, and the rookie of the year. Antonio Williams was second in the voting for offensive rookie of the year, and Patrick Payton of Florida State was named the defensive rookie of the year. So, and I guess the coach of the year, uh, I, I guess that's coming out, coming out tomorrow. I didn't see where that was released today. I guess that must be coming out tomorrow. Um, but that's the story there on the uh, the individual awards. Now, over at Coastal Carolina, reports today that Jamie Chadwell's been offered the job at South Florida. What do you know? That is correct, according to uh, Kevin O'Donnell at Fox 13. Now, again, these are TV reporters, and not to knock our brethren over in the other electronic media, but, of course, they misfired, or at least they thought they had it right, and it turned out to be wrong. I won't necessarily blame him on the situation at Auburn. But according to Kevin, uh, South Florida, he can confirm that Jamie Chadwell has been offered the head coaching job through multiple college connections. It was made Tuesday. Liberty, and this one may drive Coastal fans nuts Mm -hmm. if this actually happens, that Liberty is also making a push for Chadwell to obviously replace Hugh Freeze. Now, according to uh, Kevin, he goes on to say that South Florida has made its decision and the other candidates who were not the finalists have been told, and the football team is expecting to be informed of the decision on Sunday after the uh, bowl selection, I guess, once championship Sunday is done, which would just be horrible timing. Of course, there's never you know, really a good time for this to occur. The interesting thing to keep an eye on is Jamie Chadwell's about to have his weekly radio show in a half an hour around the corner from here. Mm-hmm. Don't know how much he would get into this. I don't expect him to say much of anything on it. How The other news that will, you would think, come out of this is the health update on quarterback Grayson McCall because after the game on Saturday at James Madison in his postgame, Jamie Chadwell said that if the sports medicine and doctors did not clear Grayson McCall to back to full duty by today, he would not play in the championship game on Saturday at Troy. Okay, well, a lot of things happening around that Coastal Carolina program with the quarterback being hurt and the coach uh, allegedly, reportedly, getting a job somewhere else and uh, maybe drawing interest from from others. And you wonder if um, 
does Coastal Carolina want to step up and try and, and match any offer? Or does Jamie Chadwell believe that South Florida is a winning proposition? I mean, I don't know. Um, is South Florida, I mean, I know league-wise, is it, it – it's it's not – it's – is it even better than Coastal Carolina? I mean, seriously, is that a better situation for Chadwell than Coastal Carolina? South Florida? Yeah. I lost you guys for just a second. Yeah. I wouldn't think so from – obviously not from a competitive standpoint or they wouldn't be hiring a new head coach, right? Now, I don't know what Jamie's contract is here at Coastal. I've never asked. It's really none of my business what any of these guys make. So maybe he can make more money. Aside from that, I mean, do you want to live in Tampa or Myrtle Beach? That, that seems to be a coin flip there. Yeah. Tampa's a nice city, but mm-hmm. South Florida is not – in Tampa. I mean, it's, you know, outside of it. We'll let you go take care of basketball, and yes, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Let's Appreciate it very much. Okay. We got plenty to kick around with uh, Chuck and Ellis coming up after the break. All right, coming up in just a moment. We'll have Coach Reedy, Coach Johnson with us. Another edition of Chalk Talk. Chop it up with those guys in just a second. Pass along a couple of other quick notes. USC football player plans to enter the transfer portal, John. Reserve offensive lineman Jordan Davis puts on Twitter that he's heading out. And, again, we talked about Jamie Chadwell, USF, offering him the head coaching job there. And Liberty is also making a push. UAB is hiring Trent Dilfer, former Super Bowl winning quarterback, probably the least talented quarterback in the history of the NFL to win a Super Bowl, would you say? Would anybody say that? I think I could say that. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe the other guy with the Ravens that won a, won a Super Bowl. Um, USC's uh, defensive tackle Zach Pickens accepted an offer from the Senior Bowl, so he'll play in that game. Former USC quarterback coach Marcus Satterfield and offensive coordinator, he had changed his Twitter profile to reflect his new job at Nebraska where he will coach tight ends. And um, he's not going to coach quarterbacks. He's going to coach tight ends. And again, Gabe Gardenia returning to Charleston Southern as the head football coach there. That was announced today. Okay, it is that time of the year. Crazy time of the year. Transfer portal, John coaching moves, uh, bold bits coming up, coaches being fired, all kind of stuff happening in uh, college football. Let's sort it all out. When we need to sort things out in football, we turn to Chalk Talk, and we turn to the two men who are the MCs, the directors, the producers of Chalk Talk. Former coach Chuck Reedy, former coach Ellis Johnson. It's good to have the two of them with us one more time for this football season. We'll get him back again around the bowl games. Coach Reedy, great to have you with us. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, sir. I did, Phil, and uh, thank you. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Did you eat your turkey fried or what? No, I told you I was going to cook it on the big green egg. Oh, the big green egg, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was it good? Yes, sir. It was very good, very good. Yeah. Did you put a rub on it or just cook it bare? (laughs) Just no, I put I put put some rub on it. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, now, uh, Coach Johnson, how was your turkey on Thursday? It was great. Got to eat with all three of my kids, and 
It was really fun. I didn't have to cook anything, but uh, it was really nice. I mean, what'd you do? Who who brought the food? I had to go to the ex's house to eat. (laughs) (laughs) You're prying too much, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I didn't know if he brought in pizza from Domino's. I don't know what Coach Johnson's doing, you know? Well, her her mom is one of the best cooks in the state of South Carolina, and only thing I did wrong in the divorce mediation, I did not get it stated that I could still go and eat at her house. <laughs> <in the morning. laughs> okay. Well, you live and learn next time. Next time you'll include no, that in no, the clause. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough giggles. Uh, well, the Gamecocks are giggling and the Tigers are crying. Chuck, it's amazing what two weeks in college football can do to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, after that Florida game, I mean, they were, uh, I mean, that's about as bad as you can play in the last two weeks. I mean, they've played, you know, they played at a level as good as anybody in the country. Yeah. What do you, what do you uh, put your finger on for that reason? I I think, well, one of the things, I I think they they simplified things. Um, You know, that's one thing they did. I, you know, I know that they, you know, we've talked about this before, this, this personnel groupings was such a big deal. I know they simplified that and reduced that down. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that they went into the Tennessee game and, you know, with a, a much simpler game plan and, and let the guys play, um, you know, and, and then carried through to Clemson. I, I, I know this about, about football players. If they're having to think a lot instead of reacting, they're not going to play real good. I mean, if they can just go out there and react and play without having to think a whole lot, they'll play a heck of a lot better. And I think that's what we've seen the last two weeks. And they've, you know, they've played well and they've, they've had, a, you know, had fun doing it. Yeah, no question. The fun is in the winning, uh, Ellis, as they always say. What did you see? You, you take the Clemson game for us first here both ways, Gamecocks and Tigers. What did you see? I mean, it's a one-point game, so it really could have gone either way. Um, what did you see as some of the key points both ways? It was really kind of a crazy game. It wasn't a very pretty game. It had some some ugly plays and all that. I thought it was a heck of a game. But what got Clemson, uh, the quarterback was not good, but he didn't throw a pick until the very almost end of the game. And they were running the football well. But the problem is when they got the safety on Clemson, uh, Clemson got the safety on Carolina, excuse me, they fumbled the kickoff. They lost the possession. Then you go later on, uh, they fumbled a punt. Mm-hmm. They lost a possession. So they gave away possession. I think Carolina finished with 17 possessions. And if you don't want to count the one sport of half in the game where they were killing it, 16 possessions is a lot of possessions in an average college football game. Uh, and, and with Clemson having to just run the football and not being able to get any big plays out of the passing game, those numbers of possessions is what, what won the football game for them. Again, Carolina was better than Clemson in the kicking game. Uh, the, I've already mentioned the fumble punt. They also downed two of them inside the five late in the game, and that makes it almost impossible to score if you're not throwing the football well. So obviously, Rattler had big plays on you know in the passing game, but he also tried to give the game to Clemson. At one point, they could have put him to sleep, but they fumbled that kickoff there. And then DJ DJ was just not good during the game. And it made Clemson have to go the long way. Yeah. Uh, Chalk Talk with Chuck Reedy, Ellis Johnson. Uh, Chuck, um, Clemson got real quarterback problems? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's obvious. And, uh, you know, um, I don't think they have any uh, – I don't think that Klubnik – obviously he's not ready to play. If he was ready at all, they would have played him. I mean, you, you can't play with a guy playing as poorly as, as DJ's playing – and and not make a change unless the other guy's just not ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Dabo has shown in the past, you know, with um, um, you know with Cole Stout and with Kelly Bryant, you know, that, that he'll make a change if you know if you've got a, a better guy in the wings. And you know, um, obviously they don't, or they don't feel like they do, or they'd have made a change at this point. So you're watching this game, and I mean Clemson's leading most of the game. It didn't didn't mm-hmm. lose the lead until that field goal with 10:54 to go. So they go into the fourth quarter with the lead, and you know at that point they've kind of survived some of their their own mistakes. Uh, and they've been running the ball with Shipley. He had 130 something yards for the game. They've been running the ball uh, well, and Uyangalay from time to time, and throwing a little Mafe here, a little pace there. Mm-hmm. Yet they totally. Uh, almost totally forgot the running game in the fourth quarter. What do you think Brandon Streeter was thinking? If you could sit down with Brandon Streeter, what would you ask him? What would you tell him? Well, uh, I'm going to deviate just a minute here, and I'm going to give you my opinion. Okay. If you, look at their, if you look at their offensive staff, look at all five of their offensive coaches, um, the, the oldest, obviously, is Streeter. They had no experience whatsoever beyond Clemson. You know, Streeter was, you know, he was at Liberty for a few years. He was at Richmond for a few years, and he's Clemson the rest of his career. Um, Austin was at Georgia State for two years. Um, that's it. C.J. Spiller never coached anywhere, you know, until he coached at Clemson. Uh, Grisham never coached anywhere until he coached at Clemson. Uh, Kyle Richardson coached high school ball until he came to Clemson. They have no, they have no experience other than the Clemson way. That's all they know, and you know, and I, you know, it's coming back to haunt them. I mean, you, you, and and they have nobody. Uh, you know, I, I experienced this at Baylor. I lost a couple veteran guys and replaced them with young guys, thinking I was going to be there a long time. Which <laughs> was wrong. <laughs> but, but, but. When when, it, when when things don't go well, you need some guys that have had experience that can right the ship. They don't have that, and, and you know, and, and of course they they lost Jeff Scott. You know, he was replaced by Grisham. Grisham may be a great coach. I, I don't even know the guys. I'm just telling you, they're young. They haven't been around. They don't have much experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the guy that nobody talks about, um, Robbie Caldwell. There was a guy that was on that staff who'd been around, who had great experience. I guarantee you he's the guy they miss because they don't have a guy like that who's been around. And when things go tough, you need somebody that has had some experience and can, you know, can kind of hold it together and get you on the right track. And I just I don't think they have, you know, they don't have anywhere to go. All they've got is Clemson. And, you know, they've been that way for two years now. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's just no change. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, Dabble has shown in the past that he would make a, uh, you know, he'd make a change. But, you know, he it's a little different now. I mean, he's established and, and Dabble's very stubborn and he's very loyal, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, something's not right. And, you know, they need to, 
you know, they need to get it right. Uh, Ellis, what do you think about that? Um, Does Clemson need some fresh eyes, some outside opinion, some outside approach to to get them back? Are are they slipping? Do you see a program in decline? I think that'd be a little bit too strong of a word. Uh, What they've caught in right now, they don't have the type of receivers they were used to that could separate a lot of DJ's throws he has to make are a lot harder than other quarterbacks have to make. They cannot get separation. And I know they're highly recruited players, but they're, I mean, they just don't separate. Uh, the second thing I agree with a lot of what Chuck said, you've got a group of guys who've come up through a system. And so you don't have those one or two voices in that says, well, why don't you do this? Here's what our problem is. And here's the way we had to come out of it when we were at Tennessee or whatever. And I agree with a lot he says. But the biggest thing on offense right now is the quarterback has days where he just can't see things. But I'll say on the other side, it ain't easy to see them sometimes. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just not running themselves open. Uh, and they've been used to that. They've been, getting, they've been used to getting those six chunk plays every game. And that, that really opens it up. Uh, if you want to know why they had to abandon the running game, because Carolina down the ball inside the five twice. You're not going to call passes with a guy having a hard day. I mean, excuse me. You're not going to run the football from, you know, for the two-yard line late in the game. If, you know, if you feel like the guy's got to make a play to get you out of there, you don't trust him. So they had no choice. But it just – I don't think – I think they really they do have a, a problem at quarterback. I don't think that's why they lost that game the other day on a singular basis. They put themselves in a hole with those turnovers and the kicking game. And uh, it just it was something they couldn't overcome because they don't have any big play potential. Chuck, I mean, here we are talking about Clemson, and I'm using the words in decline because they're going to mm-hmm. miss the playoffs for the second straight year. Yet they've won 10 games. they got a chance to win 12 if they win Saturday and they win their bowl game. I mean, a program is not in decline if it's winning 12 games. But unfortunately, I think, you know, mindset – it, it, t- today in college football, for, for programs like Clemson and the handful of programs who, who go to the playoffs, is if you don't make the playoffs, it's a bust. It's a, it's a lousy season. Well, yeah, they, you know, they, they had six straight years where they went. And so that's the expectation now. And so anything, anything less than that is a disappointment. And, and you know, and, and that, that, that's, that's the way fans are. I mean, you know, you go back and look at Steve Spurrier at Florida. The reason he left Florida, because he just got tired of people complaining if they lost a game, you know, and, and, you know, and, and you, you know, you can hear, you can see it with Dabo. I mean, you know, he, he, he's very touchy about it and I don't blame him. I mean, they built a great program, but the expectations are where they are. And when you don't meet those expectations, um, you know, people are going to be upset about it. And, um, you know, and, um, you know, they, and then of course, obviously losing to South Carolina just magnifies the whole thing. Let's turn our attention back to the Gamecocks. What about the job Shane Beamer did this year? I mean, it's a very similar path to Will Muschamp, uh, because Muschamp won eight regular season games in year two. He won his bowl game. He just didn't beat Clemson, but he won nine games. Now, you know, Beamer, he broke a lot of streaks. He beat Clemson. He beat A&M. He beat Kentucky, and um, he got to eight. He's got a chance to get to nine, Chuck. I mean, in year two, what do you think about the direction of this program in year two? 
Well, you know, you can look at both programs. The trajectory for Carolina is up. You know, Clemson, you know, it's not up. It may be level or even, you know, down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, right now, Shane Beamer, I mean, you know, all you can, I mean, you can't say any more, you know, good things about him. Now, obviously, they had some down games. And you know they've just the only thing they've lacked is consistency. I mean they're 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 down and they're up. They're down and they're up. You know if they can just develop some consistency. I mean you know obviously obviously this was a you know a, a good season. And and you know if they can go on and win the win a bowl game, um, you know and um, <laughs> I'll tell you what Danny Ford told him the other day. Mm. He said or he told Clyde to tell him. Yeah. He said. Go to a bowl game that you can win. <laughs> Pick the game where you can play somebody that you can win. You know, because if they can win a bowl game and win their last three games, you know, not only does it help recruiting, but, you know, it just energizes the whole program. Yeah, well, they don't get to pick it, and uh, they could end up as high up the chain as the uh, Citrus Bowl. Uh, could be the Gator Bowl, could be the bowl game in Tampa. They're going to end up in a one of those three and 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 draw a pretty good opponent. Could be Notre Dame, could be Florida State, could be Illinois. One of those uh, in the mix. Uh, Ellis, what's your take on what Beamer did in year two, and how does he how does he prevent from happening to him what happened to Muschamp? I mean, he can't prevent injuries, and I think one of the big reasons. For Muschamp's downfall was the injury to Jake Bentley, left him totally naked at quarterback that year. But um, it may have been starting to decline some even before that happened. How does he prevent that from happening? Well, you, you do it with recruiting. If you may have any changes that you think are obviously need to be made with your staff or on your team, you do that in spite of the fact that everybody's euphoric right now. You know, a lot of this stuff's about expectations. As, component, as compared to uh, accomplishment. And then, you know, we talk about streaks. The reason they broke so many streaks is because they didn't have no streaks, and they're playing against people who <laughs> have streaks. So, and I don't mean that in a bad way. No. Mm. Shane Beamer Shane Beamer has done an unbelievable job, not just the last two weeks, but the last two seasons. But if I'm here, I'm my, my next move is I'm over there right now, and I'm getting me an extension. Because if you look at the history, you've you mentioned it already. Will Muschamp went to a bowl game his second year and beat Michigan in the Outback Bowl and won nine games. And then he was gone three years later. And, and I think the questions we need to be asking, not as much about Shane Beaver, it's the overall picture. Are we going to end up moving this thing up through recruiting and other issues with staff hires? And other things with how much money is committed to football or other issues in the athletic department. Where do you want to be, Carolina? That's the question. So there's it, nothing to say about Shane Beaver right now except he has done one hell of a job. And I think, you know, a lot of these things, Chuck mentioned it, consistency. There was none. But I never saw him show up to a game and not want to play, not be ready to play. They might have got beat. They might have got out-executed. They might not have performed the way they should, but I never saw it be an effort thing. Saban commented the other day on NIL portal stuff and how it's taken away a little bit of team unity. And I think you see that across the board in college football, and it's only going to get worse. 
but it is very, very hard to have a real tight team culture in your locker room anymore because as soon as the portal opens, people start putting their names in it. Maybe somebody you wanted to go. <laughs> You're glad they're gone, <laughs> but it's still shifting sands. So I'm just saying that that is a little bit of a, a picture in the whole face of college football right now. Clemson's sitting with the same record right now that Nick Saban is. I think Nick Saban's a pretty good coach. Yeah. They got the same record. They ain't going to the playoff season. And so everybody's sad. They're sad because of what they have achieved and where their program is. So let's don't talk about an individual. Let's talk about a program. Let's talk about the long haul. What do you want to be, Carolina? Coaches Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy with us here on Sports Talk. And Ellis, piggybacking off exactly what you just said there, focusing more on the program than the individual's a lot of Clemson fans still look back to that 4th and 16 conversion against LSU in the 2012 Peach Bowl as the singular moment that changed Clemson's program and the pendulum may, maybe started to swing a bit into their favor within our state. Do you think, and this may be an oversimplification, but do you think these last two games, the win over Tennessee and then, of course, the win against Clemson, do you think this will be looked back at a few years from now as the moment where Beamer's program changed and maybe the pendulum is starting to swing into the Gamecocks' favor? Only if they do what I said. you got to pour the money into football. We're trying to be everything to everybody. You've got to get out and recruit. you got to bring in better players. If you try to live off the portal, this is a portal team, okay? And teams in the portal teams are like the old JUCO teams. They're hot and cold and inconsistent. I, I don't think you can say what these two games mean three or four years out in the future. I think it definitely helps their image, definitely helps them with certain kids wanting to listen, wanting to come visit, wanting to see what's going on here. But you have to have these kind of seasons back to back to back or it doesn't make any difference. Let me ask you this, both of you, real quick. We've got about two minutes. Chuck, in his press conference yesterday, and of course, Dabo Sweeney has been very uh, generous in his praise of South Carolina and congratulating them, saying all the right things. One thing he did say yesterday was, for his program, it is unacceptable, as he put it, unacceptable to lose that game, with an emphasis on that game. What do you think is going on in his mind after losing to the Gamecocks for the first time in eight years? Well, I can't get inside his mind, but you know, I, I think it just goes along with what we've said. The expectations there do not. Um, you know, do not uh, uh, allow for them to lose to South Carolina. Hmm. I mean, that's the expectation. So when he says it's unacceptable, I mean, you know, they, I mean, they can't, they can't even fathom that they would lose to South Carolina because you know that's that's you know, hmm. I mean, they they just they don't accept that fact. And and Ellis, that kind of piggybacks what you're telling South Carolina. I mean. Have they ever had, will they ever have that expectation about playing Clemson that it will be unacceptable for them to lose to Clemson? Will they? Is that kind of the point you're trying to make with their football program? History says no, Phil. I mean, it's not Ellis Johnson's opinion. Just look at the history. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm excited. This game hopefully made this rivalry again. But if you look back, not only have they won seven or eight in a row, they ain't been close. So I think that this this is one of the best things to happen in this rivalry. I'm 
I'm born and raised in South Carolina. I love the place. I love high school football in South Carolina. I, I all my dream was Clemson, Carolina, both be undefeated every year, play for the national championship. I'd be sick of that. But I'm just look at the history and read what it says. I don't have to say what I think. It's right there in black and white. So they gotta decide what they want to be and they gotta put the emphasis where it needs to be, and especially if you go I mean, we're talking about the Carolina Clemson game now, but you play in the SEC. If you want a boy up and play in the SEC in football, then you better put your resources there. Because there's some, as we know, there's some bad boys in that conference, and you're not going to consistently win unless you feed the cash cow. Yeah. And people are happy right now, but you know, eight wins, nine wins this year, but you know the fans next year, they'll want an SEC East championship. They'll want another win over Clemson at home. Yeah, they want to play. I mean, you're right. The the expectations, this is what you That's build. Good. Yeah, this is, can they deliver? Good, though? But, that, but figure out how to do it. Yeah, but can they deliver? Chuck, got about 30 seconds. I mean, depending on the roster turnover, too, who knows what your team's going to look like next year. Well, yeah, that that's the big unknown. I mean, you have no idea who's going to stay, who's going to go, who they're going to be able to bring in. I mean, and Ellis is right. I mean, you can't build a program on the transfer portal. You can fill some holes, but, you know, they've got to recruit, you know, high school kids and build the program that way. I mean, that's how you build a program, not through the portal. And, um, and, and, and again, and he's right. The, the SEC, I mean, Florida's just going to get better and better. Tennessee's getting better. Georgia is Georgia. I mean, it, it's tough just on the East side, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, but they had a great season and they're finishing on a good note and, and recruiting should go well. And, you know, I mean, so right now, I mean, they just need to build on it. And, and, and he needs to, you know, the one thing Muschamp couldn't do is hire a good offense coordinator. Got, got so to gotta, I understand, got to run. Got, Thank you, guys. Talk to you again in a couple weeks. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, thanks again to Ellis Johnson and Chuck Reedy. Sorry we had to cut them off there top of the hour. They still had more to say. I'm communicating with him with them here and they they're like, we still had something else to say, but we just ran out of time. It's a hard break, and uh, apologize for that, but it's the way it is in live radio. They'll be back with us around the time of the bowl game, and we'll get more out of their their fertile minds. And uh, they had a lot of great stuff to say tonight, no question about it. Uh, Mike Morgan coming up in just a moment. Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk. Hey, if you want to make a move and you want to make a move to the beach, make one phone call. To Jimmy Smith at James Smith Realty. The phone number is 843-237-4246. And the website is pauliesvacationrentals.com. But they more do more than just vacations. And they do more than just rent. Now, you can rent and you can just go down there on vacation. Or you can buy property via Jimmy Smith from anywhere along the coast. Merle's Inlet, Garden City, Litchfield, Georgetown, Pauly's Island. They are full-service Realtor, and whatever you're looking for, they can put you in that spot. Work with you, work on your behalf, 
and be your voice when it comes to making that deal. Or if you're just thinking about a vacation getaway, uh, Jimmy can certainly take care of that for you as well. You need something for a, a week, maybe a month. You need a house, need a condo. You just give them a call. They'll put you in the right spot. 843-237-4246, the number, pauliesvacationrentals.com and the website, and Jimmy Smith is the man to call. Uh, all right, just a couple of quick notes, and then to uh, Mike, and we got recruiting coming up for you as well. If you're just joining us, we just heard from uh, Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson on the Chalk Talk. Uh, they were excellent again tonight. And the other big news of the day, two pieces of big news, uh, Gabe Gardenia returning to Charleston Southern as the head football coach there. His former boss at Choso, Jamie Chadwell, has been reportedly offered the head coaching job at South Florida. With that, we'll bring in Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move, brought to you by Played Against Sports in Columbia. Chris Mosley and the folks over there have you well covered for all your sporting goods needs. They buy and sell quality used and new sports and fitness gear all day, every day, located on Harbison Boulevard in Columbia, actually 1270 Bower Parkway in the Harbison area in uh, in Columbia. So check them out. And so, Mike, that kind of leads me into you and, and my question. Uh, South Florida, tr- uh, Coastal Carolina, you're Jamie Chadwell. I mean, I don't know what the money is at either place. And I know South Florida generally uh, plays in a better league overall than the Sun Belt. But um, I don't well, – that's what I'm going to ask you. Would you make that move if you're Jamie Chadwell? Is that really a major step up, or is that a stepping stone to get to something bigger? Well – Keep in mind now, you say better league. The American is about to lose Cincinnati, uh, mm. UCF, and uh, uh, what's the other one I'm forgetting? Memphis, mm-hmm. right? Um, no, not Memphis. Help me out. Cincinnati, uh, BYU, but but that's a different thing. Uh, Cincinnati. Pat can help you. UCF. Houston. And and Houston, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, so when they when they lose, I mean the big the big losses there are obviously, uh, you know, Cincinnati. Well, lately, Houston's had certainly glimpses uh, of success, but but to lose Cincinnati and UCF. So I mean, I, I really think you could make an argument that the Sun Belt, when it's all said and done, might be the best Group Five league after that. Uh, after those losses from the American Conference, but the, the bigger answer to your question, I don't know if I if I take that move. USF, uh, it's funny we were just talking about this on the podcast. JC and Morgan will plug mm-hmm. USF. There was a time not that long ago under Jim Levitt where USF clearly was ahead of UCF. Uh, that the program had surpassed UCF for that quote unquote number four spot in the state of Florida. And the, the the additional program out of the Sunshine State that was going to ascend to the next level, and then all of a sudden they fire Jim Levitt, they make a, a series of questionable hires, they make a, a series of questionable premature firing like Skip Holtz, uh, and and they have just they have sunk. I don't know what has gone wrong with USF, but they are clearly on the downtrend. UCF is clearly on an uptrend, and so. If I'm if I'm Jamie Chadwell, I, I think there's better jobs that will be coming his way. Uh, he's beloved over there, Coastal, as you well know, and 
just having done a couple of his games, including his bowl game last year, seems to me like a guy who's pretty happy. So I I, I don't know if that's the right move to me. Yeah. Liberty also being mentioned uh, for him. What do you think about the move of uh, Hugh Freeze to Auburn, the decision by um, Kiffin to stay at Ole Miss? They reward him with, what, like an eight-year deal now and a bunch of money, and uh, Freeze is going to um, head, head to um, – head to Auburn, uh, Matt Rule goes to Nebraska, he gets an eight-year deal. Is that the thing now to get coaches up to eight years? Is that what the is that what Jimmy Sexton is <laughs> trying to get for all his boys now? And, and, and we're all in the world of Jimmy. It's Jimmy's world. We're all just living in it, right? It I seems mean, that, that way. That guy, the Scott Boris of college football coaching. Um, look, I think when you look at those those hires, did you mention, uh, did you mention Fickle? Did not. Uh, I mean, I was that's pretty fickle. Me. I was pretty fickle about the jobs I was talking about. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Very nicely done. Boom, now, boom. I, I think when you combine those two with fickle to Wisconsin, I mean, those are three rock solid hires. Like again, as I always say, it's a crapshoot, right? Three years from now, one of them will probably be fired. But on the surface, for today, all three of those hires make all the sense of the world and and seem like terrific moves for their respective schools. Now, look, Kiffin obviously. There is there's baggage there. It's well known. It's well reported. Uh, it's not going to go away. It's going to be used against them in some circles in recruiting. But at the end of the day, if you know anything about big time college football, if they beat Alabama, none of that's going to matter. Because I remember when I was doing an Ole Miss baseball game of all things, right around the time Hugh Freeze was being let go, and they were handing out bumper stickers. Uh, in Hugh, we trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they still love him at, in Oxford for what he did there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Auburn, as long as they're winning, they'll turn the other cheek. Yeah. See how um, the thing about Auburn has, has well been documented, all the outside interference with their football program, when there's the least, least little hiccup with things, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the boosters start getting involved, the big money people. Let's see if they can keep their hands off and, and let the, the football people run the football program and see if they can make it successful. What about South Carolina beating Clemson on Saturday? Um, it's really turned the state on its ear. I mean, in both ways. It's the Gamecock people ecstatic. The Clemson people are in shock. I mean, they really are. They, they thought they were going to make it eight in a row. Uh, they really can't believe they lost that game at home the way they lost it. Uh, what does it mean? And, and I compare it to Will Muschamp, and I was just talking to Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson, and the question is how does Shane Beamer build on this and prevent the slippage after reaching this peak, um, prevent the slippage that happened under Will Muschamp, who similarly won nine games in his second year, De- didn't beat Clemson, but he won nine games including a bowl game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a fair question, but I would I would point out not only did he not beat Clemson, he didn't have a win like Tennessee. I mean, he, if you if you go back those first two years under Will, yes, he had some uh, he had success. He was ahead of schedule, uh, but he didn't do what Shane just did over the last two weeks. I don't think he had ever had just the the unquestionable momentum and vibe that Shane has right now. I mean, you're looking at, what, a top 15 recruiting class. They're going to do some damage in the portal. If Spencer Rattler comes back for another year, my goodness, mm-hmm. I mean, the expectations at that point 
would be awfully high. So that, to me, is where the, the difference is. And with all due respect to Will Muschamp, I just think Shane Beamer is a better coach. Uh, and I think, I think those who question that hire, which was made by who? Who made the hire again? I forgot. The hire of Beamer, that would be Ray Tanner. Uh, Ray Tanner, okay. But he also uh, hired they, Muschamp. Everybody, uh, yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. You find me an AD. You find me an AD who hasn't made a hire that didn't work out, and I'll show you an, a unicorn. Yeah. Uh, the the point is that South Carolina doesn't get to hire whoever they want. Uh, you know, it, and, and for for that matter, most schools don't. And so you took a chance on a guy that nobody else was, at that time was willing to give that type of opportunity. And obviously, it's it's worked out awfully well. So uh, kudos to that. Kudos to Shane Beamer. You know, the game itself, I watched a lot of it. Uh, I mean, clearly, once you got past the initial two egregious mistakes by Spencer Rattler, he completely outplayed DJ the rest of the way. And and if I'm Clemson, I'm taking a long look at what is my quarterback situation going to look like next year because the problems with inaccuracy – uh, they never completely went away. Like DJ improved early on, and it looked like maybe we were going to see all what all that hype was about. And then it just kind of resurfaced, where he just doesn't. There's just something that's missing there, uh, and and I don't know if another year is all of a sudden going to capture it. All right, before we let you go, let's talk about a basketball season. Now it's starting to to really heat up. Now the football season is sort of uh, cooling down, and we wait for the bowl games, but. Your early your early take on what you've seen around the SEC and ACC from a hoop standpoint thus far. Of course, you just had North Carolina losing uh, to Alabama, and mm-hmm. Alabama is one of my favorite teams in the SEC. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, you've got that win. You've got South Carolina over Clemson. You've got Florida over Florida State. Uh, Kentucky will play Louisville eventually. And I don't know if Louisville can beat anybody. Uh, no. You can probably get five guys. <laughs> you can get five guys to the JCC and give Louisville a good run right about now. Uh, <laughs> just don't hang on the rim; they'll yell at you. That's right. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I think right now, from an SEC standpoint, I still think the league is top heavy. I still think there's some really good teams in the top five or six, and then you've got a bunch of teams like Carolina with new coaches, new rosters new schemes, new philosophies, and trying to figure out what they're going to look like a month from now, two months from now. It's, it's a feeling-out period for the Gamecocks, for uh, the Gators, who I have this weekend, for Mississippi State, for LSU, for, I mean, Missouri. All these programs have new coaches, Georgia, and are trying to figure out what they have. And I, I think they're, they're going to take some lumps this year against a very top-heavy league. Mike, as always, we appreciate it. You have yourself a great weekend. You've got Florida basketball this weekend, you say? Yeah, well, Florida State's in action. Uh, new coach there. And, you know, they beat Florida State, but then they got pummeled in the uh, Phil Knight Classic. So uh, still trying to figure out what that, that, what that team is, is made of. And all these games, all these data points for these teams, you know, you've got to figure out what are you going to look like come conference play because it's going to be a gauntlet. Yeah. Well, we thank you as always. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Take care now. Thank you. All right. Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move with us here on Sports Talk. Very busy edition of Sports Talk on this Wednesday night. Coming up after the break, we're going to begin previewing the state championship football games which began tomorrow night with one game, the AAA game, the AAA championship, 
between Powdersville and Beaufort. And then two games on Friday, two games on Saturday. We've got our man David Shelton coming up after the break to talk all about it right here on Sports Talk. Be back in a moment. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. can't believe it's time for the state championship football games. Where did the season go? Feels like it's just the other day. It was August 17th with David Shelton, and we were doing the first high school football scoreboard show of the year. We got one more to go Friday night, but before that, we got state championship game uh, tomorrow night at Benedict College. It's the 3A affair, Powdersville and Beaufort. David Shelton joins us from the High School Sports Report, the Charleston Post and Courier. Best in business, most importantly, contributor, key contributor to Sports Talk and to the High School School Board. David, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay here at the uh, Charleston Southern Citadel basketball game. Big crowd, a lot of excitement. In the Buck Dome, 981 strong, I imagine. Who's winning? Uh, Charleston Southern's up nineteen thirteen. The last I looked, I had to walk in. Had to walk in the alley to uh, 
It is 19 to 13, yeah, 11 minutes to go first half. Well, while you're there, I'll ask you, uh, they're pretty excited about the hiring of Coach Gardenia as your new head football coach? Yeah, I think I think, I think they are. Um, uh, you know, he's a guy that's been here, was here twice. He was here under Jay Mills and then left and came back when Jamie Chadwell came and was the offensive coordinator, and he's been at Al- Albany State and – Done very well there, thirty-seven and seventeen in five seasons. So he's done very well, and uh, so he's kind of coming back to a place he knows very well. People know him, and I, I think, uh, I think they they probably did a good job getting this guy. He's going to be okay. Yeah. Were you at all surprised about what happened with Altry Denson that they decided to to make a move? Yeah, I was. I mean, I, I thought I thought he deserved a little more than four years. Based, you know, a lot. You know, we had COVID. And that kind of set them behind, but they only won two games, and I, I know you got to win. But I would think at a place like this, uh, continuity would be more important. But uh, they made the change, and maybe Gabe will be able to turn it around, and then maybe he can stay for a while. Yeah. All right. Let's turn our attention to the game tomorrow night. First one of the championship weekend. It's Powdersville making their first, and Buford, which was there last year, but in a different classification, back again. What are the key things to know about the two teams in this game? Well, I think uh, the team that stops the run the best will win because both teams like to run the football. That's what's what they do. Um, both teams uh, have dynamic backs, Casey Fields at Buford and Thomas Williams at Powdersville. Um, so, they're, they're, you know, Buford can throw it and, and Powdersville can throw it, but they would prefer – to do it on the ground, but I, I think whichever kind of defense holds up, I'll tell you, Buford, I was looking at their offensive line. They averaged 298 along the offensive line. That is a big high school offensive line. So, you know, last week they were able to kind of wear down Dylan a little bit. Um, I'll tell you a stat that, that stunned me. Last week, last week they, they rushed for, Buford did, 420 yards against Dylan. Boy. And and they had five turnovers. If they didn't turn the ball over, they win that game by a large margin. But 400 yards against a Dillon defense is saying something. So, um, and Powdersville likes to run it too. So, I mean, I think it's going to be very competitive. It'll probably be a a, a pretty quick game if, if both teams are running the ball. Yeah, that clock's going to keep running. What kind of player will fans see in the Thomas Williams kid from Powdersville? Well, he's going to Virginia Tech, and he's he was recruited as a defensive back. But you know, as you know, in high school, those those really good players can play both sides of the ball. So, you know, he's just a hard runner. Um, he, he's not a burner, um, but he runs hard. He's physical. Um, he's that type of guy. Um, and, and Casey Fields at Buford is the carbon copy, like five eleven, one ninety five. Casey might might be a step quicker um, if you timed him in the forty, but. Uh, but that's what they do, man. They just line both teams just line up with their big backs and they just try to try to power you, try to beat you to death. Tell us about the two coaches. Uh, they're they're relatively young guys, I believe, and of course, well, yes, yeah. the, the Powdersville coach. I think he's been there from the beginning, right, with that program, and yeah. that, that's a relatively yeah. new program, ten, eleven years, and and of course, young coach at Buford. What do you like about the two head coaches? Well, I think what they do is they get the best out of their players, and uh, I think they 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 have their system and they they know what they want to run, and they they build the culture. Um, you know, Bryce Bryce has only been the head coach at Buford for 
this is his fourth season. He replaced Devontae Holloman, who left and went to South Point. And, but Bryce has been around uh, as an assistant. He's, he's had several stops. He was at Fort Dorchester at one point. Uh, he's had several stops along the way. So, um, But Muster uh, at, at uh, Powersville, he's, he's been the only coach they've had. And, and you know, it's kind of cool to see him get rewarded for sticking with that program and, and then get this opportunity to play for a state title. Okay. Well, it's a tradition here on Sports Talk when we get to the state championship games. It's time for Shelton Says. This is where David Shelton pretty much determines who wins the football game by telling you who's going to win the football game for the championship. So, David, Shelton says who will win the 3A championship. Uh, I've been going back and forth all week on this, but I think I'm going to settle with Buford. I think Buford is – I think the experience of having been on that stage last year, even though they lost, there is something to be said for that. And uh, and then just the impressive the impressive way they do things, uh, but I, I I got a feeling there's going to be some points scored, so it could be you know last one with the ball kind of thing, um, but I'll, I'll take Buford. You like Buford? Okay, there you go. We'll see if the Eagles can uh, can make it happen, and then that's the one game tomorrow, seven o'clock, and then on Friday we've got the double uh, A game at two o'clock and the single A game at seven o'clock, and then Saturday. It's the 5A game at noon and the 4A game at 7. So tomorrow night, David, will break down the two games for Friday. And we'll talk to you then. Have yourself an enjoyable night there in the Buck Dome. Don't get hit by a basketball or anything. All right. I, I stay out of the way. Trust me. There you go. Thank you, David. Talk to All you tomorrow. Right. All right. David Shelton from the High School Sports Report, Post Courier, Sports Talk, High School Scoreboard. The man is everywhere. Uh, Bobby Harton shows on Bobby Harton show. Uh, he's on Twitter. And don't forget, of course, David's uh, foundation, I guess you would call it, One Team, One Cause, as he is he is making himself available to speak to any group anywhere. You don't have to be in South Carolina. You can be anywhere. If you're listening to us, well, I shouldn't say anywhere because he's he pays for his own expenses. But within reason, uh, you know, David Story lost both sons to uh, drug situations, uh, and he has made it now his life mission to speak to as many young people as possible, to tell his story, to share the story of his two boys. And in his words, if he can save one person, if he can stop one person from taking a pill that might be laced with, uh, with something terrible, you know, that's what happened with uh, his most recent situation. Um, if he can stop one person from doing that, then he feels like he's accomplished his mission. Uh, you can reach out to him, One Team, One Cause. Uh, he is on Twitter as well. I'll give you that uh, Twitter location here in just a moment, and uh, you can, you can uh, contact him there, and he'll be happy to get back to you. It's DShelton66, DShelton66. Hit the break and uh, Clay Hendricks from Furman coming up on the other side. We 
welcome in uh, Coach Clay Hendricks from Furman. All we need now is Dr. Johns to run down in front of the student body and uh, and lead the Furman cheer. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool if we get that done. You know, it's funny, Phil. I turned around late in the game last week, and uh, I, which I never do or even pay attention, and uh, they had the whole the, the crowd that we had there. Somebody was leading the old FU one time cheer, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> I bet it was. Coach Clay Hendricks with us. For those of you um, watching our video feed on Twitter and on YouTube, we're running some highlights of Furman's win over Elon. Very impressive win over a good team last week, Coach. Uh, you advanced to the second round of the FCS playoffs, and uh, let's just talk about that performance against Elon. Uh, I guess you got the kind of home win that you wanted and the kind of performance you were looking for overall. Well, we did. I think it started defensively. You know, I mean, obviously had a 1,000-yard rusher, and you know, our goal kind of every week is to try to stop the run and make people one-dimensional and then try to get after the quarterback and you know, a thousand yard rusher that I think he had ended up with thirty yards on ten carries. Um, I think we sacked the guy. We got four sacks, hit him a number of times, and so that's kind of really where it started. You know, when you when when you give up six, it's a little easier to win games. Uh, but we played. You know, I thought we played pretty well offensively. Probably didn't play our best, but we were we were efficient. Uh, Tyler Huff had a really good football game, and golly, we had a. You know, with the lead, we had almost a 10-minute drive in the fourth quarter to score a touchdown, and that's always good. I ever, the defense even appreciates that. So mm. just just solid all-around performance and, uh, you know, just proud of our team. Yeah, and um, it winning in the FCA pl- FCS playoffs, advancing and getting to that next round, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's every every week now is a season in and of itself. Just just getting back into the playoffs this year and then and getting a win – and moving on, how did that feel for you personally and for your program to kind of get Furman uh, really back into the national conversation? Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and I, to be honest with you, Phil, I'm not sure how we got hooked up with Elon in the first round. You know, I thought we were about maybe two spots from being a seeded team, and they were probably about three spots from being a seeded team, and somehow we got hooked up in the first round. Mm-hmm. They had, I think, four unranked teams playing each other. Uh, but, I, you know, after getting a win, certainly I think that only helps us, you know, going forward. Uh, it's not like we had played some good competition, been in some tough football games, and I, I think that will pay off for us going forward. Of course, uh, I mean, you you know this, maybe some folks don't. That was your fourth game as in the playoffs as Furman's coach, and you're 2-2. Two and two. Both your wins have come over Elon. So now you've, you've got to spread your wings a little bit and beat somebody besides <laughs> Elon. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, what what's actually kind of nice is you know one thing about it's a little bit more like it used to be, and they've tried to regionalize a lot of our playoff stuff. But you know, you go play somebody you don't really know very much about, uh, no history with at all. You know, it's thinking we've been playing football at Furman for 133 years. We've never played a game in the state of Texas. Huh. Uh, really? We, we will Saturday. We will Saturday, and I think we'd only played one opponent from Texas. Uh, you probably remember the famous Stephen F. Austin game in the snow in Greenville in 19, I guess, 89. I was at that game, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we won the national championship. I always thought 89 maybe was the best team we ever had. You know, we lost some key guys early in the playoffs and still almost won it. But, you know, but I, I don't know. It's kind of exciting to go play somebody. I didn't know as much about Elon. We had a little bit of a history with them. Uh, but, uh 
you know, but now we we certainly got a big challenge too. But uh, but it's nice to maybe not have to go back through your conference, you know, through the early stages of the of the playoffs. Yeah. Talking with Clay Hendricks of Furman, what about this immaculate word team? Where in the world did they come from? I mean, I've seen them pop up in other sports. I guess they're pumping money into their sports program out there. What do you know about them from a football standpoint? Well, I think they actually started back playing in 2009, I think is what I read somewhere. Um, You know, and you look at them, and you know, Phil, the, the age of college football now, it's not real hard to kind of change a whole roster, and they're a roster full of transfers. I think I counted 28 grad transfers. They must have a really popular grad program out there that everybody wants. But <laughs> they got a lot of grad transfers, a really talented group. They got a quarterback that's, you know, they're leading the country in scoring. I think number one maybe in total offense. It is a true air raid team and probably around here comparing to maybe what Tennessee's been doing this year, that, that, that style of play. And they've got a quarterback who's, Played his seventh year of college football in, in his fifth different school. And I can't quite figure out how that's possible yet. Um, but he's had a terrific year, and they're a really talented group. And uh, they've been really good both sides of the ball. Um, I, you know, I, I think certainly our league has done a good job of preparing us for this. I think, you know, they've had a bunch of games. I think they scored over 70 a couple of times. And, you know, they don't mind scoring 28 points in the fourth quarter or um, – you know, being being up on somebody and lighting them up even more so. So they've they've scored a bunch of points, you know, and and they'll still run it. Um, you know, and it's nothing we haven't seen. Probably hadn't seen it. You know, you know, it's a little bit different what we see on a week to week basis, but it's something we've seen. And um, you know, it, it, it'll certainly be a challenge for us. Yeah. How do you uh, think you match up along the line of scrimmage with them both ways? Well, I th- you know they're they're huge up front offensively, but they want to run it. But it's a, you know it's kind of a numbers game. I you know I spent that time at the Air Force Academy. I almost I tried to compare it to a little bit of triple option football. You know they always have an answer for you, uh, whether it's throwing it down the field vertically, whether it's throwing the quick screens. You know if you lighten the box, they're going to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think up front we match up fine. I think we played really well up front both sides of the ball. Uh, I, you know I think one of the things I see. A lot of people have made mistakes, turning guys loose. You know, that's the stuff we just can't do. You know, we got to make them earn, you know, what they get. Um, you know, and I think the same way, I don't think they've seen anybody quite like us, particularly offensively. You know, we have the ability to – we're pretty good rushing. You know, we're almost 50-50 run and pass and have a quarterback that's serving. You know, Tyler Huss got 600 yards rushing himself. Um, so, I, you know, people talk, keep the ball away from them. I'm like, well, that's fine, but you need to score points. You know, I, I certainly don't think it'll be a 10-7 to 7 game. Um, but, you know, we just got to be productive with it. You know, I think it comes down to red zone, who can score points and score touchdowns. Um, so it, it's, a, it's an intriguing matchup probably for a lot of people. And, Coach, you had me curious when you mentioned their quarterback being in his seventh season. <laughs> so it's Lindsey Scott Jr. is the, the quarterback in question. And, yeah, it's his seventh year of college. He initially enrolled at LSU as a member of the 2016 class. It was a three-star recruit out of high school. Then he went to East Mississippi Community College. The junior college, some of our listeners may remember, was made famous by the Netflix series Last Chance U. Uh, From there, he ended up up at Missouri. Then he transferred to FCS Nichols State, where 
Uh, he is sixth in school history in passing <laughs> yards after just 18 games. He also had and he nearly- got. And- Go ahead, coach. And he got a degree, and he got a degree from there somewhere in there. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he also had 990 rushing yards, which led the Southland Conference in 2021. And now he's been averaging, helping lead them to 51 points a game. He's the country's leader in many different offensive categories. And I'm sorry, this was 51 points per game. This is through their first eight games of the year, so that may have increased since then. But yeah, his uh, his stats are are remarkable. Not not only does he have nearly 4,000 yards passing, but he also is is fourth on their team with or excuse me, third on their team with 342 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. Yeah, they have they have a 1,000-yard rusher <laughs> on their team. They do. And you so, know, so it, it it's like I've heard the term used a few times this week, video game type numbers, but you know, and I, I mean quite frankly, it, it's a little bit of the pro, a little bit of the schedule, but I told our team, you know, I, I don't care who you're playing. You know, if you put up those numbers, somebody's doing something pretty good. Uh, and they're also pretty good defensively. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, You know, they may do that to us. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm pretty confident in our group. Um, I do think we can challenge. You know, one thing about I, this this group we've got is, is has been more one of the more fun groups I've ever been around. And, you know, they are a tough attack you hit you in the mouth kind of bunch and that's how we play and you know i mean we're going to go play that way and we'll, we'll see how it goes and you certainly we've got a we got to not let them throw balls over our heads and we can't make make things easy for them which i think that's been far too you know that's far too much of what's happened a little bit i think the i think the third place team in their league finished four and seven um you know they did have a win over nevada I think maybe week two, it's a little bit of a shootout game. But I think Nevada and the Mountain West, I think they lost 10 straight to finish the year. So it's a hard kind of thing to put your, you know, grasp around. But, you know, it's an interesting scheme. A lot of people do it. Uh, probably a little more popular out that out that way. Uh, and then be able to bring a trigger guy in. Um, you know, certainly he's made them better. But I think they were 10-3 a year ago. Uh, and their, their head coach actually left and went to – Went to uh, um, Washington State as the offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the previous guy was an air raid guy too. You know, so I think that's kind of who they brought in. Then they brought the transfer quarterback in, and certainly he's made a difference for them. Uh, but you know what? I, I think the old Paladins will be ready to get after them, and our our bunch is excited. We're pretty healthy. Our our bunch is pretty confident. We've played our best football really about the last month. And I think special teams will play a big part. I think we've been really solid in that area. You know, we lead the we lead the country in block. We've blocked ten kicks this year. Mm. Uh, you know, so we've we've done some really good things. We 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 have a, you know, I think we've got two outstanding kickers, and you know, and so we, we've we've done a bunch of really good things. Well, this you know, we just need to go play well. If we do that, we'll be fine. Well, I know you're going out there on a business trip to San Antonio, but you're going to visit the Alamo. You know, uh, salute yeah. a native James Butler Bonham was a, a hero of the Alamo. He's a South Carolina native. You know what? I didn't know that. I, I've been there. I've been. I, I've loved going to San Antonio. I know when I went to the Air Force Academy, I had a chance to visit there a number of times. Um, I don't think I'll get a chance to do much of that mm-hmm. uh, on, on this trip. Uh, you know, really, I told our team, really, other than getting on an airplane and going to Texas is not much different than you know, a typical road trip around here for us. And, <laughs> you know, and if, if we, if we win, 
Um, you know, we'll either go to Sacramento, California next week, or or we'll have a possible chance to play at home, you know, if the other team could win. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of good things out there to play for. I, I do think we have a football team that can compete with anybody. Uh, I think we've kind of proven that. But, you know, at the end of the day, don't, you know, Saturday's the only day that matters, and, you know, we're excited to go see what we can do. We wish you the best of luck, as always, and thank you for the time. We'll talk to you perhaps next week about round three. Good luck to you. That'd be great. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Coach. Coach Clay Hendricks from Furman, and uh, see what the Paladins can do. Wow. Going down to San Antonio, may have to go out to Sacramento, California next week if uh, they can get that win, and if the other side uh, determines that they go to Sacramento, to Sacramento, they will go. All right, let's hit the break, and on the other side, we'll give you recruiting, and then may take a couple of quick phone calls. People have been calling, trying to get in. Sorry, it's been one of those nights for some other good stuff. I know the calls, those are good things as well, but we think we present you with a very good menu on Wednesday night of great people to hear from. So we appreciate your patience and uh, your tolerance when it comes to uh, listening to what we bring you here on a nightly basis. Recruiting coming up after the break, and we'll be right back. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Listen. All right, 
Inside Recruiting brought to you by Seawells. The very best in catering for you, Seawells is the place to call. 803-771-7385 online, seawellscateringsc.com. The Seawells family and staff and handling catering jobs from nearly 80 years, and they can handle yours, and they can do it with ease and with great professionalism. And, of course, tomorrow, Friday, the daily luncheon buffet for you once again from 11 till 2 o'clock. It's the best you'll ever sink your teeth into for only 13 bucks. So get out and enjoy the daily luncheon buffet there at Seawell's Rosewood Drive in Columbia. Uh, tonight, some information on Cam Pringle. For those of you watching the, the feed, you're looking at some highlights of Cam Pringle from, a, from practice this summer, courtesy of the Big Spur, which was there to uh, video him. And they put that up on YouTube, so we snared it to use in this particular case. You can see the big man, number 77, uh, clearing people away. He's so much bigger, so much bigger than everybody else on his team. It's crazy. He can also play some defensive end. So he was at the uh, game Saturday, and he had some great things to say about South Carolina in particular. With the Gamecocks winning that game, said it was definitely great for South Carolina. Uh, He said Clemson didn't get the outcome they were looking for. Said it shows where Beamer is taking the program, beating three top 25 teams this season and actually blowing out a top 10 team in the country. Says it shows what Beamer is doing, moving the program forward and what he's capable of. However, the win, you know, he says, hey, you're going to lose a game. He's not holding anything against Clemson. It's not affecting his recruiting by Clemson that they lost the game. He spent time talking to Dabo Sweeney and Thomas Austin. They both told him, how much he's needed and wanted at Clemson. He was there also for the NC State game. As for the Gamecocks, same thing, telling him how much that uh, they need him and how quickly he could play uh, for them at South Carolina. And he made the USC for two games as well, Georgia and Tennessee. So both head coaches, both schools are recruiting him very, very hard. He is uh, now transitioning into basketball. As for recruiting, he's going to evaluate, take some more visits, evaluate the process, and uh, probably name a top six. And then he plans to make a commitment in January or February. He said there's about five or six that really kind of stand out to him. Uh, A few weeks ago, he named a top ten of USC, Clemson, Virginia, NC State, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio State, Auburn, and LSU. Uh, He's going to visit schools coming up. And probably all those in particular, he wants to get to Florida and meet that staff for the first time. Also wants to get back to USC, Clemson, NC State, Tennessee, and Georgia. USC target wide receiver Isaiah Johnson planning to take an official visit to Michigan State this weekend per 24-7 sports. That's what we've got for you in recruiting tonight here on Sports Talk. And it's brought to you by Seawells. A couple of things I want to mention, and then we'll get back to – phone calls here momentarily and uh, we'll do that in just a second um there we go and to get the right thing in place on the feet so uh, pat showed me this this afternoon and i really was astonished about this because i'm like what are you doing so ipte sent out a tweet yesterday yesterday was hashtag giving tuesday hashtag giving tuesday a global initiative that encourages people and organizations to donate their time and money to charitable causes. So IPTE, you know, Clemson's fundraising organization for scholarships for their for their athletes, IPTE puts out a, a tweet yesterday using Giving Tuesday 
as a reason for people to give to Ipte. Quote, don't, oh, on this Giving Tuesday, we hope you will choose to support the success of Clemson student-athletes through Ipte. Today is the perfect day to renew for 2023 or join for the first time. Give here. And I'm like, really? Oh, you're better than that, Ipte. Aren't you? You should be. Somebody somebody should be uh, dressed down about that at Ipte. I think that's embarrassing, to be quite honest with you. To use a day of giving for, I don't know what, food banks and people in need. and I mean, you're a multi-million dollar organization looking for money to give to, to people who are pretty well taken care of, whether you're getting NIL money or scholarships or, or just what. They're pretty well taken care of. You're a Clemson athlete. You're in pretty good shape. I can't believe that they would use that as a way of raising money. And then there's the Gamecock Club. Hello, haven't heard from you in a while. The Gamecock Club put out a tweet trying to you know, take advantage of the good mood of Gamecock fans around the state, and they are selling uh, T-shirts. They are selling T-shirts coming off the win over Clemson, and the T-shirt states that you know South Carolina is our state is how they put it on the T-shirt, and you can buy those through the, uh, through the Gamecock Club. And, of course, the question is, is, is it really, is South Carolina, the state of South Carolina, really the, um, the Gamecocks to own now? Now, they've launched the Our State campaign in celebration of the win. All fans that donate $31.30 to the campaign up until December 16th will receive an exclusive Our State T-shirt. Proceeds raised will directly benefit the football program and student athletes. All donations are tax deductible. At least they did that today. I don't think they put that out yesterday. I think they, yeah, they did it today. They didn't put that out yesterday. Okay, well, there you go. Gamecock Club, Ipte, always trying to, and of course, they're competing in some way with the NIL organizations, right? People who give money to those clubs are being asked to give money to NIL, so where are you going to give your money? Okay, we've promised some phone calls. Let's see what we can do here in our final minutes. Oh, are you serious? You give me this at the end of the show? Ladies and gentlemen, we got to go fast here. We welcome in the uh, de facto mayor of the city of Charleston, the bad boy by the bay, the ninja of the night, the pontiff of the port city, the queen of the cowboy crybabies who got kicked by the Packers this year, and... I don't know. What is he? He is, he is, he's just Jerome. I ain't got time to come up with something funny. Jerome, where have you been? We've been worried about you. Hey, you got a lot of important people to talk to. I'm just a little guy. You are. So very I little. have to wait my, wait my turn. Gene, Gene Sapikoff, Gene Sapikoff was asking about you the other day. Uh, do I owe him money or something? That's the only reason he'd be asking about me. <laughs> no, yeah. I was just, the night before the Clemson-South Carolina game, and by the way, I'm glad it was on national TV because mm-hmm. I got a chance to see it. I was just haunted about this feeling about, I said, you know, the way South Carolina played against Tennessee, that's the best I've ever seen them play. They're getting Clemson at the right time, so because if they don't beat them this time, I don't know what it's going to be like down the road. And I'm wondering about DJ's future at Clemson, man. I'm telling you. I just don't know what they're going to do with him, man. He, he's playing scared, and you can't play when you're scared, man. He, every time he drops back the pass, 
I said, I got to hold my breath because I don't know what he's going to do with the football. Mm-hmm. But And then they played North Carolina's. That's going to be a that's going to be a, a, some kind of a deal there. Him playing scared and then North Carolina's defense being an issue. Wow. what a, That's going to be a wild one. Well, this should be – and thank you, Jerome. Uh, uh, we'll get you on next time earlier so we can talk longer. Great hearing from you. I mean, Clemson's offense will have a chance to go up and down the field in this North Carolina defense. They've been awful all year. And we'll see if the Clemson defense can get back to greatness. They'll need to against the ACC's Player of the Year in Drake May. That'll do it. Thanks for being with us. See you tomorrow night from Benedict College.